You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Check, 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 check. Okay. Witnessed, my friend. All right. This week on the 3DMs podcast, we're going to be talking about The Punisher. We're going to be talking about The Justice League. We're going to talk about filthy morality in D&D. And we're going to be talking about Rangers, Rogues, and Paladins. These things happen. Secret These things live happen. intro. Thank Secret you for live all of our intro. Dedicated viewers. Well, well, the uh, the live stream heard it at least. Uh, everybody else on the radio. So yeah, exclusive content. Exclusive content. Yeah, for live video watchers. So you guys got to hear us talk about our sponsor. Um, so a couple of fun things happening this week in terms of nerd stuff. Both the Punisher and Justice League came out this week. As I'm currently sipping my whiskey out of a delightful Punisher protein shake mixer. I'm Classic. Sure that's what they intended it for. But oh, yes. Uh, yeah, it's, well, I also put protein in there sometimes, but not with my whiskey. Old Punisher approved. Um, so Punisher came out and it's really good. I've watched about half of it. Somehow my mother has watched the entire show already, all 13 episodes. 13 Oof. hours of The Punisher. My mom just stormed through it on a Saturday. Shout out, Donna. You're committed. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I love The Punisher, and I was just like, I've only gotten through six episodes so far. So I don't know how she did it. Um, she doesn't even like The Punisher. She just did. It's weird. Uh, Justice League also came out, and I haven't seen it yet, and initial reviews are... Eh, so... Well, it's the, um, it's the um, usual DC thing of uh, one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, with their films, again, they're like their print game is just amazing right now. Still, Dark Knight's Metal is awesome. If you read comics at all, like just to go on a quick little thing, like you a could bunch of pick up a copy at Watchtower Comics and Games. No, you Dexter. can't. They sold out. Oh, <laughs> they got to order it. You can order some at, at Watchtower Comics and Games in Dexter and Milan, Michigan. Yeah. You certainly could. They. Uh, yeah, but Dark Knight's Metal is a really cool run they're doing right now. Basically, evil Batmans from different multiverses have showed up just to dropkick. Well, they're uh, you know you mean men dressed like bats. Well, there is one who's a woman and has Batman. Aquaman's powers. That okay? Then what does that have to do with Batman? Because it's still technically Bruce Wayne. Well, it there is a kind of bat that actually does fish that was described in Thailand for the first time last year, and a Nat Geo team with a slow motion camera captured it catching a damn fish out the water. Well, yeah, so but there you go. There's but, a real. Real animal. Bats don't swim. No, they don't swim. No. It like caught a fish from on top of the water. I mean, that's cool and all, but what does Aquaman have to do with Batman? I don't know, man. Well, the whole point the whole point of the comic story is that each of these Batmen became like instead of becoming a Batman, they became a different powered version. Um, oh. you know, whatever. It's it's oh, just oh, just oh, go oh. with me. It's a good comic. Okay, just believe me. Okay, I, I believe you, Jake. Okay, the the, movie- ba- the Batman who gets the cyborg powers is just damn terrifying. Uh, just just accept it. Okay, yeah, and in Justice Justice League, at least in the movie, if it's not super good, you still have Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot. Apparently, that's actually one of the worst parts of the movie. Jason Momoa oh. just fell flat on his face, according to a couple oh, no. of reviews I read, which breaks my heart because oh, no, I really wanted him to succeed and for people to finally recognize that Aquaman can do more than just talk to fish but all they did was just make jokes about him talking to fish apparently oh poor Smallville hey I would pay movie fee to go listen to Jason Momoa tell me about fish for like an hour and a half you know yeah I I can definitely agree with that 
remake Blue Ocean with Jason Momo to a K-19. But I will give my full thoughts on Justice League when I actually see it, hopefully next week. But for right now, we're going to talk about The Punisher just a little bit. So The Punisher is a pretty galvanizing figure in comics and stuff. And how this relates to D&D, so I'm sitting there, I'm watching the show. Uh, John Barenthal is doing his amazing job as The Punisher. Uh, And... He's punishing. And what happens, I well, I come to this point because a lot of the reviews for the show are just very upset that they're not talking about the gun issue, which that's something I don't even want to dive into on this show. But There's let's no just, let's just avoid that. Uh, <laughs> no, there will be guns in D&D if I can think we're talking about today, so we're not going to be able to avoid oh, okay. it. But, yeah. but um, one of the main things that I really got to thinking about as I was watching the show, a lot of people are very upset that Punisher kills people in the comics you know, as where other superheroes do nice guy stuff and save people. And that made me think about every D&D group I've ever played in and basically how all rules of civility and honor and chivalry get thrown out the damn window the second initiative is rolled. Oh, yeah. I have seen people who I know to be rational, kind, loving, affectionate human beings shriek with delightful, like, glee as they end somebody's existence uh, with a battle axe. Yeah. How dare you? Berserk, berserk theory is a powerful force, especially when there's the prospect of those sweet, delicious experience points, which in older editions of D anD D you could only get by, by money or killing people. Kill minions, so. get XP. Yeah, no, it um, but it did make me think. Like, as somebody who's played a lot of paladins, I can't remember exactly the last time I've offered quarter or mercy in the middle of a in the middle of a fight. Nope, initiative's rolled. Time to die. Yeah, no, the second the, that initiative roll comes out, everybody becomes bloodthirsty monsters. So to anybody well, – what, what if your paladin is serving a god of war? Even then, you got to offer at least the ability to surrender. I mean you're a paladin. I guess. Join my gang. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to you – gotta, you got to have a little bit of Class. tenderness. Gotta, Some lawfulness, yeah. You know, got to, just got to have a little bit of tenderness. But uh, throwing out to any of the viewers right now – do you guys have a successful track record with mercy or maybe making people, uh, you know, stop fighting in the middle of a combat, you know, have a have peaceful resolutions of your combat? Or is it like everything that I just imagine it is on the Internet for all D&D groups where there's just ceaseless slaughter and it's people fighting until everybody on one side is dead? I don't know. Let they us know. Tell us about your games. But they're PCs. They don't feel remorse, pity or fear, and they will absolutely not stop ever until you're dead. Well, the thing about D&D is that there are consequences. On our ride over, Jake told us of a time when one of his players faced a consequence for his actions. Can you tell us the tale of Leoman? What a shocker. Right? Uh, the tale of Leoman is a long-form one, but our YouTube page is about to be up and running here very shortly, so I will tell the... the abbreviated tale of Leoman. The, uh, no, I'll, g- I'll give you the full 20-minute, the, the okay. long-form tale, okay? I'm, I'm long-winded Watch as hell. space for a bonus. Yeah. Uh... But morality is something that I really do love the idea of messing with in D&D. And I see a lot of posts on various forums about either sticking to alignment and stuff. Uh, Jake, you've been called out in the comments by Andrew. Can't confirm. You always end up slaughtering things the moment you can charm your way out, Jake. Very true. You, or rather, can't, can't. confirm. <laughs> He's sainted. I sainted. Well. Used to be ruthless, man. <laughs> uh Yeah. But if anybody has any stories on times that combat was ended peacefully or any way they view their morality or even a way to justify a lawful good character, or just, just straight murdering. Oh, if I have enough charisma score, I always try to wheel my way out of a fight, but that's who I am. So hey, that with face. that in mind, with that in mind, though, we're going to continue our series on talking about the classes today. Uh, and the first one we have up today is actually... The Paladin. I'm up. So. Indeed you are. Take it away, Jake. All right. The Paladin uh, was added as a subclass of the Fighting Man in the original editions of D&D. Uh, I, I believe. like to play a fighting man. Yes. I want to punch. Uh, also, hilariously enough, they had, like, the most strict, uh, shall we say, barriers for becoming a paladin in the older editions. You had to have obscenely high stats. Wasn't it 18 charisma or something? something yeah, you, like had, you had to have a ridiculously high stat array. And then on top of that, you also had to be a human. They didn't allow any other. That's uh, racist. 
They didn't allow any other races to play. A whole other podcast on that some other time. Yeah. the, uh, The old jokes, which I'll not go into here, obviously. Yeah. Um, anyways, so after the first edition, second edition, Paladin came back again as its own uh, part of the fighter array, no longer the fighting man array, and remained still a very hard to access character in second edition. You, again, still had to have these ridiculous stats and they kept the human only thing, but they're, they later added supplements where they're just like, oh, OK, yeah, you can play whatever you want. Uh, as it should be. Th- Let's see. So then that brings us to third edition where anybody who uses a sword was turned into a bit of a joke. Um, They were then also burdened with the fact that they had to remain specifically lawful good or lawful evil or whatever uh, alignment they had had. to be exactly lawful good. Uh, you couldn't deviate in a fairly strict code. You lost all your powers. Well, the same was true for Blackguard, though, because if you did, if you if you helped some kid who fell on the playground who scraped his knee, you lost your evil powers too. Like it was a non. Well, again, it this is a martial class, so basically their only thing that mattered in third edition was what's your carrying capacity because you're not going to be doing much else. Rev up that pack mule. Yeah. Third edition, 3.5, and Pathfinder. Pathfinder Paladin's got a little bit better. Um, fourth edition, finally opened it up a little bit. No longer everybody had to be lawful good. And finally, that brings us to fifth edition. Our current edition. So, things that are awesome about Paladins now in 5e. First of all, we can finally multiclass them. Paladins used to... Uh, if you multiclassed or put any other levels into any other classes, you'd lose all your paladin abilities. So you had to be devoted to being a paladin. You had to, you know, paladin for life. It got branded into your left ass cheek as soon as you got your oath signed, you know, signed, warranted, and then they stuck you with the hot poker. So paladins in fifth edition can now multiclass. They can do all the stuff that fighters can do in terms of they can fight with any weapons, they can wear any armor they want, uh, and they can look pretty good doing it. That's important. You paladins too. Paladins also got very complex to play as far as as comparably to other classes in Five E. Uh, each of the tenants of each of the oaths you have to take, you know, kind of dictate what that flavor is. So if you go oath of devotion, then your honor, duty, courage, so on and so forth. Oath of the ancients is life above all else, you know, light against the darkness. And oath of vengeance is I'm going to take the stick that was put up my butt and I'm going to beat you with it mercilessly, you evil sack of shit. Until I have revengeance. Yeah. Rules of nature. (laughs) Now, each of them play with a pretty... Intense uh, play style focused on you have to keep track of the fact that paladins have a bunch of auras now. They added they gave everybody aura uh, and they gave paladins a bunch of auras at like sixth level and tenth level and they change given on your subclass. You get a bunch of different spells depending on your oath Um Devotion being a pretty standard array of, you know, I'm here to do nice guy stuff and vengeance being an array of how do I murder you more effectively uh, with. Oath of the Ancients doing some kind of cool foresty stuff right in the middle. It's a nice little middle ground between the two. You know, I've never actually seen a uh, – was it the Green Oath? The Oath of, Oath of the, the Ancients. Ancients. Yeah. I've never seen a, anybody actually play. They're a lot of fun. They get a bunch of really cool spells and a bunch of neat abilities. Like uh, they can do Ice Storm and things like that. They can do a lot of Misty Steps. Uh Things of that nature, but so can Vengeance. Vengeance is just a lot of fun, though, because its raw damage output is impressive. Oh, yeah. It's got some of the highest da- uh, damage output in the entirety of the edition so far. So, Yeah. So let's talk about what you get when you sign up for Paladin. Uh, you get Lay on Hands, which is perhaps one of the most entertaining heals in the game because I've never met a Paladin who doesn't take it as a good opportunity to either A, pat somebody on the shoulder or on the butt, you know, like, good play, you know, give them a quick little healing pat on the butt, Chief. Or my personal favorite, the backhand of healing where you just, you know, wind them up. Yeah, you wind up. This is what you get. This is what you get, you know. (laughs) You were so dumb back there. Uh, It's pointed out in the comments, a Paladin with a Cleric or Bard dual class could be a fighting gospel singer. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually amazing. I, I'm going to make that now. 
I am going to make that now. Yeah, Surprising and I was going to say, are. maybe a paladin dual class with a monk might make good sense RP-wise. Like, you you trained for years in the monastery, and now you're a Oh, no, in. paladin, really quick, just as an aside, paladin monk is so much fun because you start doing a bunch of schlocky sh- superhero stuff. <laughs> like, since your fists count as weapons, you can channel smites your into fist. your fists. Oh, yeah. Which is amazing, oh, yeah. just like a th- uh, an open hand monk with the ability to knock somebody fifteen feet. Uh, I'd have to double check rules, but I think it stacks with thunderous smite. So you're just like hitting somebody with a kick really hard and sending them thirty feet. Damn, no. Like you're making them do the team rocket blasting off again thing <laughs> with a punt. It's amazing. Yeah, a smite fest indeed, or a smite fist. Indeed. Yeah. Also, too, they changed hey, the smite rules. <laughs> Back in my back in my day, back when my we had day. to play paladins, uh, smite was either I'm going to hit you or I'm going to miss this really badly, and you only get like two of them, and so. you only get two of them. So use them wisely, and you know, use your be you prepared know. to dice shame if everything goes wrong. Use your inspiration points. Really. Now they last. Exist at that point. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. There are concentration spells, so they last until either you get slapped out of keeping your smite on your weapon, or until you hit somebody. And there is an amazing array of smites, thanks to Fourth Edition. They decided to keep that idea, and so now we got smites that burn you. We got smites that send you flying away. We got smites that damage your mind. We got smites that make you afraid. You got a cold. You're feeling sick. You're feeling bad. You're feeling sorry for yourself. We got a smite for it. Don't you worry. Come on down to the smite emporium. Uh, Javier in the comments points out that a paladin warlock would be basically Sauron. Yeah. Well, yeah, any of the Maya are basically. Yeah. No, by by allowing a cross class with paladin, like any multi classing with paladin, usually makes something pretty sweet, in my opinion. Uh, the only thing that paladins love a one level warlock dip. I have to tell you, it's mm-hmm. the ability to get Eldritch Blast is so good. Yeah. Oh. But we'll talk about that in our next episode. Yeah, when we talk Especially about warlocks next episode. Um. And the only thing that still kind of holds the Paladin back to this day is they still are probably the most stat-reliant class in the game. Yeah, they they were tied with monks back in the day. They still need to have an amazingly high charisma. They have to have a constitution because they're getting hit in the face. They have to have strength because they're hitting people in the face. Um, And at this point, you know, like you can take dexterity as a dump because, you know, you're probably going to be wearing plate or, you know, some form of heavy armor. But then intelligence and wisdom, that's where we get that trope of the idiot paladin who always just has no sense of what's going on. Because int had to be the dump stat. You, you got to dump them. something, and you know you want your wisdom high for perception and for uh, protecting Most stat in the game. Yeah, and uh, also preventing being charmed yes. and mind controlled. So yeah, normally you just get the idiot paladin who's just like, I'm just here for justice, man. <laughs> I don't understand how to make a sandwich, but. I know justice. I know what justice. I know what justice I'm, I'm is. I'm thinking Jenny. of that meme where it's like a bagel cut in half the wrong way. Like, is this a sandwich? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Just go smite some stuff. Yeah. No. So, uh, opinions on paladins, guys. Now that I've ranted about my favorite class in the game. Ah, Jake. I'm just biased because I know you play a lot of paladins really well, and that's your favorite class. But otherwise, you know, I, I like now that uh, you can face consequences for not acting paladinly. Yeah, as Paul can tell you, back in the day, that was a pretty good sign of some bad DMing, was every DM, the second they got a pa- their hands on a paladin. How am I going to make them fall? How am I going to make them let, lose their powers? Today? Let me bust out my big book of trolley problems, or each one will cause you to lose your powers, because I hate justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a suggestion from the comments. Javer asks, how would you build a paladin warlock that's level 8? Perhaps we should do that as our character sheet of the week. Um. Yeah, we can actually take a look at that. Um. I mean, off just the off the top of my head, off the yeah. top of my head, it would be five paladin and three warlock. You want three levels of warlock and pretty much put the rest into paladin because that warlock abilities scale with class, not with class level, but with well, you'll get, uh, yeah, yeah, you'll get your, uh, you'll get a couple of eldritch invo- invocations. Um, you can. So that way you can have uh, a bunch of the cool back pocket abilities of the palette of the warlock. I'm sorry, uh, uh, you know, whichever one's too quiet. Hmm. It's because your I mic might be is. Too far away, sorry. You got your mic tilted. I'm afraid it's got to be front facing oh like God, this. Really? Yep. I was trying to. Use yeah, I'm afraid it doesn't work. Anyways, but moving on. Yeah. Uh, also, my voice is quiet. You can get the, uh, but yeah, you get Eldritch Blast and your invocations, and you can also take Bla- Pack to the Blade, which I would take for Paladin because then you can do awesome hiding your sword in an extra dimensional space stuff. Uh, you can never be disarmed, yeah. not for long. Or also, life. too, you could 
Pact of the Chain could be cool too. And then if you have a DM who's like willing to work with you on it, you know, have a little like angelic cherub, you know, that'd be kind of cool. Like a cute little cu- Cupid guy, you know, just showing up. Hey, hey, buddy. I'm your, I'm your familiar. Hey, I would, guy. I would want Tiny Kronk from uh, The Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they just came out, the Celestial Warlock in Xanathar. So yeah. I'd recommend that. Um, and then five levels of Paladin. So that way you get your two attacks. You get. Um, a bunch of cure spells and you get access to your oath stuff and you know oath of vengeance or oath of devotion or whatever one you go also really quick xanathars did add a couple of new cool things for paladin which are great we got the oath of conquest which is basically the closest to an evil paladin we have other than the oath breaker which is baby eating evil yeah oath breaker is baby eating evil baby eating evil this is just taking over the world with an iron fist yeah not not handsome jamie lannister oathbreaker um, Evil. And then we got Path of Redemption, which is basically just the nicest, the, the nicest guy. Have you ever wanted to role play the Son of God? Now you can. Yeah, pretty much. Jesus man saving the world with the power of smites. Yeah, walking around, yeah, and just, but he doesn't even want to smite you because he's so nice and he'll take damage for you. Uh, the only thing that I still really want <laughs> to see for Jesus Paladin. Did do that for all of humankind? Uh, he did. He sacrificed himself. For we are, took well, a big hit. <laughs> anyways. <sins>. Anyways. <laughs> um, finishing up here on Paladin, the only thing I really want to see added still is I don't think there's a good chaotic option that's been presented. I can see where it's hard to do. You've seen right, the, it's hard uh, to keep an oath if you're chaotic. The Oath of Freedom, right? Which yes. is basically the communist paladin. I recommend that All to right. anybody taking a look. The the working man's paladin. Yeah, we'll find that. We actually saw that. Uh, we have that PDF somewhere. We'll uh, throw that one up there. It's a pretty uh, entertaining paladin oath, which is basically the oath of the proletariat or something like that. Something like that. I can't remember. It's something along those lines. But yes, it is the communist manifesto paladin and so if you're into schlocky over the top uh you know for the proletariat kind of stuff check it out it's it's fun and it actually looks pretty balanced it's it's decently balanced yeah and so after all that delightful shouting about how they did paladin right in fifth edition y'all are gonna hate on rangers let's talk about rangers yes let us talk about rangers i am fond of rangers as i am a naturalist and love to think that i'm aragorn because i you know can't ride and I love to tromp around and write poetry but uh, they you know that they can do all sorts of things they're pretty good up until about level 5 and then they sort of lag behind the other classes somewhat as these two have been telling me Uh, you get a couple different class features you can have favored enemy Uh, you can have you know any kind of oozes can be your favorite enemy you can hate jellies you can you fight so many oozes in your average Dungeons and Dragons campaign. I think maybe one or two. Yeah, you got you really got to know what you're going for. I've had a few friends being like, you know, I picked the wrong favorite enemy. It's for this it's thing. a big problem for Ranger that Ranger had back in third edition is uh, you better guess very well what you're going to be facing mostly in the campaign because if you choose uh, to you know, learn like, how to fight animals and you end up going to the Underdark, it's not going to do you much good. You're SOL, buddy. Or you can uh, choose orcs and never run into a single orc in the entire campaign. And yeah. then you're just out yeah. of luck. How vengeful is your DM? Yeah. Uh, you can also have Natural Explorer where you can favor a particular terrain instead of a particular kind of enemy. But again, you got to guess pretty well. Yeah, Hunter Rangers own if you use your spells right, says Dennis in the comments. Comments. Yes, that's true. But, they do tons of damage. But <laughs> if but. you use your spells right. Uh, there are a few archetypes uh, and you get a few, uh, you know, interesting – Abilities like hide in plain sight, which can be apparently only used with natural materials like mud, dirt, plants, and soot. But, you know, I want to see if a ranger could camouflage themselves against this, you know, some floral curtains. <laughs> yeah, just hide themselves in the curtains. And yeah. You can't see me. I'm not here. Totally 100% not here. Uh, and there's really only the two main archetypes, which is hunter or beastmaster. Beastmaster, uh, you get a couple, you know, Pokemon, basically, you know, some animal friends, uh, and they get... You know, they obey your commands as best it can. You know, they can speak to you, but not to anyone else, and you can understand it. Or, as a hunter, you can pick a special hunter's prey, so that way you can sort of cover your ass at level three if you do not choose the correct favorite enemy. Uh, you can give you a Colossus Slayer, Giant Killer, or Horde Breaker, and you can also pick defensive tactics, but that's at level seven. Yeah. So, what do you boys think? We'll pass their prime. I'm All afraid right. they're like the football high school jock. Who never goes past their glories? I used to be some somebody in high school. I was captain of the football team, and they never move on from that. 
Yeah, Paul, Paul, if you want, just go ahead and tear Ranger apart, and then I'm just going to pick up the pieces. I'm going to pick up Humpty Dumpty and just tell everybody why it's still okay. Yeah. Just The problem with Ranger is that Ranger uh, really wants to be two separate classes at once and isn't doing as well as either of them. Uh, go on with that. Expand on that. Fighters do everything combat-based that a Ranger does better with Battlemaster Fighter and ranged attacks because it turns out you can – You dual weapon fighting and fighter too. Yeah, you can get dual weapon fighting as well. You get fighting styles, you get more attacks, you get more attributes, you get battle master abilities, which are yeah, okay. Ranger yeah, light correction, good, light correction. But... Um, battle master uh, stuff. A lot of it requires melee stuff. It's true. But that being said, uh, rangers do tend to get into melee combat a decent amount too. Uh, Much to their chagrin, but fairly low AC. Ultimately, I find that rangers do not put out enough damage for me to want to bring one over a fighter. Who might dual class with a druid or something? Yes, a lot thing of the is, ranger spells draw from the druid list. All the ranger's abilities are like abilities that the druid gets by level five or six. Yeah, if you want to be Aragorn, just dual class a fighter and something else. I mean, even Aragorn didn't do most of this stuff. Aragorn's nah. mostly known for healing people and for being good with a sword. He didn't spend a whole lot of time with a bow or anything. Right. Yeah. So. Here is some of the initial problems. Yeah, so I guess I, I'm, I'm actually just going to help you in tearing apart Ranger a little bit more. Um, they could be very useful if that part, if your party is going to be, excuse me, if the party is going to be out in uh, the woods, particularly a favored terrain of whatever this Ranger is selected as their favorite terrain. Uh, because if you're a DM who likes to have players get lost and keep getting into random nasty forest encounters, then. Rangers can't get lost in their favorite Rangers can't get lost. Yeah. Well, rather, they like... can't get non-magic – or rather, they can't get non-magically lost. And also – Forest is like cursed or something. You're out of luck. Also, on to the Rangers' uh, benefit for now as it would stand, uh, if a DM is willing to homebrew and – or just like be open to the concept of allowing a Ranger to have a favorite terrain of, say, a city – because something I still don't get why I haven't quite seen it come out yet for Ranger, but why there's no urban supplement stuff. Because, um, you know, just a quick aside into my own games, like, I hate the woods. The woods suck, okay? I can describe you a tree about ten different times, and then I think you understand that you're in a place with a lot of trees. Uh, I – and, like – I do some traveling segments, you know, but I try not to keep my characters out of the woods. Right. Your games involve a lot more sort of socio-political maneuvering. Yeah. So I prefer cities. So if you're going to play a ranger in one of my games, I'm sorry, you're not going to be in the woods that much. And you're also probably not going to run into your favorite enemy that much because you can't just name humans as your favorite enemy because humans are dicks. So with that in mind, also, I'd like to point out that the backgrounds, which are quite useful, and I like the change, but... The Outlander background does everything that a ranger wants to do with the woods and just gives it to any class. Yeah. I'm going to agree with a comment we got here from uh, – I believe it's Kieran. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. But yeah, when you pick Draconic as your favorite enemy type and you're just waiting for that one dragon. <laughs> like that's the one fight that the ranger just like the second favorite enemy this. shows up. This. Yeah. They just throw everybody out of the way. This is mine. Um, We're waiting this entire game. Okay. Another – Another uh, problem that can just be neatened up for the Rangers, I still don't like that they made Beastmaster its own subclass because it doesn't – it's not as – you in 3.5, you could just have like an animal sidekick. My you, animal companion is more powerful than your entire class. Yeah. Um, and in this, you suddenly – like even though they did a rework, you know, let's let's not forget that. We didn't really read it over, but there is online a free – unearthed arcana rework of ranger because even the guys at wizards were like okay he underperforms so you can still find that and you can download it and they fix it and it plays a lot more competitively but the biggest problem ranger still has is unless as a dm you are willing to sit down and do some things to really assist your ranger they are going to fall particularly behind they're fragile like a little lamb they um they just they're not going to be able to do as much damage as any of the other martial classes and they obviously their spell casting only goes up to fourth level so a paladin can cast spells on par with them basically uh paladin's a lot more useful than them yeah and eldritch knights can also eldritch knights can also cast uh more spells like them 
Uh, Kieran also points out that Beastmaster also sucks because you need to spend an action for your animal yeah. friend to actually do anything. Yeah, it's so poorly designed. They fixed that. They did fix that in the Unearthed Arcana. Like you can't actually just make it so your you know your pet can run out there and kick ass for you. Now, and just have them you know uh, kind of World of Warcraft style set to you know toggle attack, toggle defend, you know kind of thing. Now to to play devil's advocate for wizards here, a huge huge problem with third edition was characters running around with a gaggle of NPCs they could command. You could have an animal companion. You could have your cohort. You could take a bunch of hirelings. Yeah, you could summon NPCs. some animals. You could – hold on. I'm just going to summon eight things and start this fight. OK. DM, would you mind taking these 16 miniatures and arranging them in this uh, six-by-six room? <laughs> Yeah, I gotta get the entourage in here. Uh, Dennis points out that making uh, that, you know, sending your animal friend to go do stuff, a bonus action would seriously increase the utility of it. And yes, it would, I agree. But people might think it's OP. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's OP. Honestly, no, it's Ra- used- Ranger needs <laughs> the help. Need them, yeah. Um. So, guys, final thoughts on Ranger? A good idea. Uh, if you're playing a low level campaign and starting out, and then. You know, you're only going to play maybe four or five games. It's fine. Rangers are okay in the first, like, four or five levels. Yeah, Rangers are fine in the early game. But the ultimate problem I have with Ranger is at the end of the day, what are you doing that's better than what anybody else is doing? Yeah, actually, the Jake said, you know, one of the few characters he's killed was one of my characters. I had a Ranger and her favorite. No, I've, I've killed about 20 characters. Fair, no, but one of the more recent ones at least. Uh, and she has been – mated and you know but like honestly i was like crap where are we gonna go with this we're only level four this is you know a, a one sh- you know a, a mini shot that's leading back up to the campaign of our the main plot of our main campaign what were what was she gonna do so yeah so my final thought with ranger is this really it's still incredibly strong early game uh it you know it performs well it does very well up until around probably about eighth or ninth level is when it really starts to become deficient. Overall, I think there's still a lot of homebrew stuff you can do and a lot of utility you can add to it by if you're just as a DM, like if you want to play a ranger in a game, because I understand you want that whole like I'm a dude who hangs out in the woods. I'm not necessarily a magical person like a druid. I'm just spend a lot of time in the woods and I want that kind of there's the Outlander background for that. There is the Outlander background for that, but there's still like things like favorite terrain, favorite enemy type. Well, the thing is, those don't even provide mechanical combat bonuses anymore. They're just fluff stuff now. No, they're fluff stuff, but they're still helpful if they a are. DM plays in a certain game. I think there's ways that a DM could facilitate a ranger to be useful, but ultimately, a ranger still needs yeah. a lot of work. I think a ranger subtype of fighter. I guess a kit, basically. Yeah, a ranger subtype of fighter makes more sense. Like ranger. You know, like you said, Ranger almost doesn't need to be a class at this point, but I, they're not going to remove it, obviously, because they no, it's only a removed it's one okay. class from Dungeons and Dragons and give me back my Warlord Wizards. Uh, <laughs> but to be honest, I feel like the Ranger was developed very early in the creation of 5th edition, and it was scaled back when they were trying to decrease the power level, and they scaled everyone up again scale and every, forgot to scale, scale Ranger. <laughs> yeah. All uh, right. It's just – it needs a lot of work, I'm afraid. Well, thankfully, they've mostly worked on it, given the Unearthed Arcana thing. All right, guys. So, yep, that's uh, that's Rangers. And if you're a fan of Ranger and we offended you, we're sorry. We didn't mean to. Come at us in the comments. They'll have things to say. (laughs) Don't don't. Don't no, pimp I, us. I, I don't, don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, don't don't pimp us out for a fight. <laughs> I meant for a discussion. I don't want to get beaten up in the parking lot. Yeah, no, no. It, yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't want to meet a ranger fan in the parking lot tonight. That's why I literally have a plastic orc sword in the trunk of my car. Oh, it's not going to do much good against those ranger fans. They'll sick their dog on you, and then they'll need to spend their entire action trying to get it to actually fight you. I have a super. I'll just drive away. A real ranger car. Okay. So that's Ranger for the day. Uh, Paul, let's talk about rogues. Rogue, the uh, the thief, if you will, the Bilbo Baggins, the Grey Mouser, the – there's probably another inspiration that I can't remember off the top of my head. The rogue is – I wouldn't say is the oldest class in the game uh, because fighting man and magic user – Fighting man. Uh, Kieran uh, came to your rescue though and said it was wizards that insulted Ranger, not you. <laughs> so – well, the thing is that rogues have existed forever. Uh, they came about very early in the development of thieves. Even before, I believe they were called yeah thieves. 
Uh, we call them rogues now because it's more of a generic term than a thief. But they existed for a long time and they basically fulfill the, the function of a multi-tool that unlocks doors and unlocks people's death. They – rogues bad. traditionally had a very hard time in 2nd edition and in 1st edition. They leveled extremely quickly but they didn't get much out of that level outside of the ability to pick pockets faster. Yeah, didn't they also only used to have D4 for hit dice? Yes. So, uh, uh. Yeah, they, they had some problems especially because they're the one who's you know checking the traps. So they tended to die a lot. Okay. Uh, that in mind, third edition made rogues much better. And it's one of the very few martial classes that I like how it was done in the third edition. Yeah. Rogue is a very well-balanced class. And it was very good. Sneak attack was useful. Use magic device was useful. All of their abilities had some use and they got stuff all the time. So it wasn't boring at any point. Pathfinder is not treated rogues well. But the less we say about that, the better. They're now a tier five class instead of a tier three One class. of these days we're going to just have our – we're going to have nothing to talk about on this show and we're just going to scream in the studio about what Pathfinder did to us and why we don't like it. Uh, Kieran points out that uh, you can think of rogues as a skeleton key if the key was made of knives. Yes. <laughs> That's a really good description. That is a good description. Fourth edition rogues were – OK. They played a lot like World of Warcraft rogues and that's all I'm going to say on the matter. Yeah. Uh, fifth edition rogues are a bit in a weird place. Because almost anyone can get proficiency with thieves tools now thanks to the criminal background. And the yeah. thing is that you used to bring rogues basically to unlock doors until wizards uh, were Got flying apocalypses in human form and could pick all locks instantaneously. Hey, hating on wizards is next week. Yes. That will be my job next week. But in this case, rogues are useful. Rogues do a lot of damage. Uh, the archetypes of the rogue, the thief, the assassin, and the arcane trickster – they're okay, I guess. Uh, the swashbuckler from Sword Coast Adventure Guide and Xanathar's is eye-wateringly powerful is the best way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, I recommend it to anybody who would like to play a rogue. That being said, Game Master should keep a careful eye on it because it basically allows unlimited sneak attacks. And sneak attacks are quite good, yeah. especially with bounded accuracy and hit points. Rogues do a lot of damage. They have a lot of utility. They've got some of the best skill rolls in the game and they get some of the most skills in the game. So you know who else is really skilled, by the way? Watchtower Comics and Games, both in Dexter, Michigan and Milan, Michigan. If you're yeah. ever in the southeastern Michigan uh, area, please check out Watchtower Comics and Games really quick. Uh, we just got to get an ad, for, uh, ad in for our sponsor. Great people, though. Go in there, buy some cards, buy some comics, help them out. Uh, they're kind enough to pay our fees to do this show. They're really cool. Yeah. They've done a lot for us. Also, if you're in the Southeast Michigan area and you want to start a podcast or a radio show, please check out Podcast Detroit. We record out of the Royal Oak studio every week. It's a delight. Uh, it's super easy to work with. The studios are very comfortable, uh, very warm, very nice. And as the winter approaches and you need something to do just some night a week with your friends, start a show. It's fun. Rates are reasonable. And everybody here is excellent to work with. And Studios they'll help you good. do – you want to keep it low-key. You want to make it super serious any way you want to do it. Podcast Detroit can help you out. So please check them out if you want to start a radio show and you're in the southeastern Michigan area. But back to rogues. I like rogues. I like rogues too. Rogues are good. Uh, they've got lots of useful abilities. I feel the thief archetype is probably the best out of the core ones. The Arcane Trickster needs some work, but the Arcane Trickster has always needed some work whenever it shows up. It's – well, here's one thing I do love about Arcane Trickster. It is definitely that class. Whenever I see someone pick that subclass, either I'm terrified or I feel pity. And that's – it depends on how good that player is. Yes, if there's somebody who can mess my day up with just like coming up with ideas that I can't even legitimately plan for, then I'm just going to be caught reeling. It's just going to be like watching, you know, a really one-sided boxing match of the DM just going, oh, God, oh, no, uh, how are you? Where are the dice coming from? What? The, what? They have tons of tricks. You but snuck like, up on me, sir. Yeah, no. Like most of the subclasses for martial characters lets you cast spells. I think it gives up too much for too little. Um. But they're really good. They're really good in a corkscrew thinker hand. You know, like if you're somebody who thinks way outside the box, uh, the arcane trickster is really devastating. I can agree with that. I I think it's the weakest of the classes, but Rogue has done very well in this edition. I'd actually I would made say made out like a bandit, if you will. <laughs> I would say Assassin is probably the weakest for my money, just because. Uh, 
everything that it kit, its kit promises it can do, Swashbuckler can do better. And Thief adds a lot of utility in climbing walls. Like at first glance, like you read the Thief stuff and you're just kind of like, eh. But then when you really look at it, if you apply a kind of – you know, like an, a, a small, a slight outside the box approach, you can definitely see how you can become a real pain in the ass, even in combat with a yes. thief. Uh, They're more of a utility. Your kills. But here's so I ripped on Xanathar is pretty hard for just giving us Swashbuckler and Mastermind because uh, those two were from Skag, from the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. And we had Inquisitor. Yeah, Inquisitor and Scout. Uh, with Xanathar's Guide. But the nifty thing about those is is they also add for us the ability that you can now play a rogue who isn't necessarily just like a thief. Like, yeah. You can, th- you can still do thieves can't and you can still uh, do a couple of the specifically thiefy type things. But you were kind of pigeonholed into a very narrow role, I have to admit. Yeah. Um, but now with the with a couple of the additions, especially Mastermind and Inquisitor, uh, you can play a very Sherlock Holmes type of character, you know, like, you know, because we look at Sherlock Holmes both in, uh, say, the modern depictions and in the classic. The OG know, Jeremy yeah. Brett version. Yeah. Or the OG uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle version. Yeah, the books. Uh, Homie could break into a building. Homie did a lot of sneaky kind of stuff. And then he also had that keen eye for observation. So that's kind of his thing. Yeah. But with Inquisitor, you can kind of do that thing. And with Mastermind, you can be Moriarty. It's all like, that's kind of what that is. I basically look at those two as like, oh, so you want to play Sherlock Holmes today? Yeah. Pick one of these subclasses. Um, They're fun though. They add variety. Scout also is really cool because it does give you that slight, Slightly more military geared flair. Um, <laughs> As opposed to the street urchin that the party picked up. I know. I out. said I was done ripping on Ranger. And Scout is honestly like a. Scout is a better Ranger. ranger. <laughs> Scout is a better Ranger than Ranger. And well, it's, no, yeah, honestly, ranger Scout fans, is more but... like the urban Ranger, I think, that you really want, Jake. Yeah, no, Scout. Well, Scout can be that, but well, yeah. Scout also has uh, some abilities uh, that relate to just skulking around the woods. Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess this is a little late, but I should go back and say, though, uh, on the Rangers defense, having closely read some of the stuff for Xanathar's uh, Horizon Walker is actually really good. Yes, it does, however, require you to be have a very laser focus in your game on planar portals. So much like Favorite Terrain, if you don't run any planar portals, you can kiss that well, side goodbye. I was more looking at the ability. They do have an ability that allows them to add an extra D8 of force damage every attack plus um, – and I feel like a fighter would still do that better, though. Uh, a little bit. It's still it's extra uh, damage. It's going back to rogues. Actually, we have uh, Alan in the comments. Rock and a half orc, level seven assassin, level three battlemaster. So much fun. Yeah, no, that sounds scary. Uh, sound fighter scary. fighter rogue combos are actually a lot of fun, or as I like to call them, the thug. Or yeah, the a thug. fighter rogue warlock, which is what I'm playing right now, and she's that seems like too many classes for me. I mean, yeah, I, I think so. She's a little op. But... If if I if I have my way, I'm going to talk her into multiclassing one more time. Okay. <laughs> I just, did just nearly crash crash a ship because I don't have enough just, intelligence. I just was like, take a couple oh, levels. Over this class. guy who's signaling to me. Uh, Good thing Clint wasn't playing because I could hear him from his frat yelling, "Don't crash my ship!" <laughs> so, um, sorry, sorry about the autonomous Clint. It's fine. I promise. <laughs> Everything is gonna be okay. I promise. Well, I, also, you should apologize to Paul too because the autonomous is technically his ship. I didn't crash it. it. He he won it. He okay, won it in thanks. the first place back in back in the original Alien game. Uh, young um, Tim suggests uh, rogue hybrid classes hmm. besides rogue fighter. So well. Rogue wizard, rogue wizard's better arcane. Here's trickster. the thing, no, nah, no, nah, like, let's just go to a base point. Rogue is not a bad Sorry, idea it's fine. for I didn't crash anybody. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's not crashed. It's fine. Yeah, basically, yeah, that ship, that ship belonged to a lot of people. But back to Tim's <laughs> comment. So it's mine now. Sigurd um, gave me the keys. <laughs> you gotta give me my Porsche back. I'm sorry. So, rogue is not a bad idea for anybody like whenever somebody wants that whenever somebody says hey what should i multi-class into rogue is like i don't see anybody except for bard because it's a little redundant with bard unless you're going for i am very specific build i am the skill ubermensch build which uh 
because the one thing about Rogue is uh, it's an obscure rule, but it's it's somewhere. I promise. But when you multiclass in a rogue, you get to pick two additional skills. I think that's in the multiclassing section in the player's handbook. Yeah. yeah, and then if you play a human so rogue, the only you reason you do two, so you start with five skills. Yeah, so the only reason you do bard rogue is because you're doing that college of lore half elf build where you have basically ten skills, and then you take another two skills, and uh, your final form is becoming Frieza and just being look. I can make skill checks on everything in the game, you know, but. Uh, we also have suggestions in the comments for Rogue Paladin and Rogue Warlock. Rogue Warlock is fun AF. Uh, doing dumb shit. Yeah. Do stupid things faster with more energy. No. Yeah, I got a 9 to int, but like an 18 charisma and a 20 dex, y'all come at me. Don't, actually. Yeah, and uh, no, especially with the new Hexblade Archetype 2 for Warlock. Oh, yeah, no, that is that is some... Sweet destruction Some that they spicy can do. tech right there. Yeah, a uh, no, a swashbuckler hexblade warlock combo is that's a that's a Swiss Army knife of just getting it done on the battlefield. Oh yeah, it's excellent. You know, just because uh, you can leave the ranger crying in the corner because they can't do anything while ordering their pet around. All right, guys. Well, we got to get to our homebrew class review for the day. So, final thoughts on rogues. Good. Yeah, they're good. I've got no complaints about them. I think they're excellent. I'd put them tier three, maybe even tier two. They're fun if we to have role to play too. Make a tier. Yeah, right. they've. I feel they're somewhat narrow, perhaps in archetype, like what you're going to do with a rogue. But I feel like that's more of a problem with the current archetypes released. Hmm. Very fair. So we will have. It. Although have a cool rogue I will say that you know, Mister Tamlin, I do. He plays in your Tuesday game. Yeah. Uh, have you ever met a rogue like that? Early? Yeah, there's like, no, there's no suggestion. Rogue monk. Oh, Ro- oh, that's actually what I do. Yeah, rogue monk is gross. <laughs> and Paul, just if we ever get to thirteenth level in this game, yeah, Andrew got a Whamlin test field. Uh, <laughs> Whamlin test field. <laughs> AKA oh, yeah. all of my names. Uh, so Samlin Eastfield or something yeah, like that. So <laughs> he lives on Maple Street. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> all right, guys. So. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we're, we're about to get to our last bit of our show. If you've enjoyed the content that you're listening to today, please uh, give us a like here on Facebook, uh, 3DMs Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at 3DMs Pod. And if you have any interesting builds or any interesting homebrew that you found and you know the author or it's easy for me to get a hold of the author, please send them our way. Email us at uh, 3dmspodcast at gmail.com. And all of these, three spelt with letters. Yes. yes. In the old-fashioned way. And especially if you'd like us to talk about something, please let us know and we'll do our best to yeah. talk about it. But yeah, please give us a like. Give us a share. Give us feedback. Uh, we love interacting with you guys. It's a lot. It makes the show a lot more fun when we can have an open discussion with everybody. So give us a like. Give us a share if you like what we're doing. We really appreciate it. So, guys. Paul. Yes. I've been waiting a long time for this. You have been waiting a long time for this. Uh, do we have the name on hand? Did we? Are are we bad kids? And I'm afraid we're bad kids. It was oh God. four weeks ago, and I don't have you the would PDF get points on hand. Taken off for not having a citation. Right okay. Yes, we well, here. Let me let me track that down really quick. But start talking about the gunslinger. Guns we in D and D are a contentious topic, and I've had a couple lively discussions about it in the Facebook group already. I have to tell you, uh, the gunslinger is interesting because people have always tried to put guns in D and D, and they've always been um, a bit right. much. Yeah. I mean, they're historically accurate, but this gunslinger provides a list of guns, and the blunderbuss does twice as much damage as a longbow. Well, I mean, yeah, it it'll blow half your torso it. off instead of just, you know. It's also about as expensive as a longbow. What? Yes. What? <laughs> and at the same time... Well, uh, hang on. So really quick. We got player's handbooks here, so we can look this up. How much is a longbow? Is it 50 gold, like I think it is? I think it's only 20 gold. But 20 gold? Well, uh, man, it's been a long time. What's the last time I actually? I, I know they're I know they're pricey boys. I know they're very very pricey. Like you can send your kid to college, or you can buy a longbow. Yeah, which is really anachronistic for me as somebody just thinking like it's you know fifty gold. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, longbows traditionally. Yeah, a peasant somebody weapon. makes yeah a peasant makes uh, six gold a month. You know, so a ditch digger makes about six gold a month. That means uh, he has to spend literally most of what he made this year just to get a longbow. And don't even <laughs> that's not even with arrows included. No, you still have to buy the arrows. Uh, and you got to pay a Fletcher to do that too. Yeah. But the thing is that 
I feel like people focused on historical accuracy more than trying to make the game balanced. Right. Come at us. It's not historically accurate. Yeah, Kieran points out guns. How dare you add such powerful things to my world of magic wonder and dragons. I mean, but also the pistol does as much damage as a heavy crossbow and you get four shots before reloading. And even the gunslinger gets the ability to fire off all their shots at once in one action too, which is just obscene. So you get uh, eight heavy crossbow shots in one action. That sounds fair. Yeah, Uh, that's like nonsense. And on top of that, they Medieval get... Medieval crossbows would take up to 30 seconds to reload with a draw weight of over 60 pounds. Yes, so actually traditionally also a peasant weapon, but that's... No, that was more of a mercenary's weapon. You would need to be trained no, as a crossbow. No, b- believe me on this one. They used lots and lots of conscripts with crossbows that's back when true. pike and shot was a thing. Yeah. But on top of that, all these yeah. abilities are... I really don't want to... Rag on this guy because I know that it's very hard to balance classes. Balancing is a tricky balancing act. Oh. Ah. Uh, but somebody didn't really think all these abilities through. They're all very, very good. Uh, they've got or they did think them through. Initiative bonuses. They've got the ability to web as a standard action without expending a spell slot. Web like what? Like, like the spell web. Ah, yeah. Which is incredibly powerful and you can do it whenever you want. Yes, uh, David, by the way. Yeah, no, Gunslinger is a very fun class until a certain racist against elves. Young Nacho. Elf came in. Poor Nacho. But continue. By the way, so I did track it down. Uh, Credit for this comes to uh, Mr. Alex Bell, who sent this material to me. Uh, I was able to find it down in my notes. So thank you, Alex, for sending us the Gunslinger class so we can... Wonder at your... Wonder at your cojones. Uh, you've, You've got a lot of balls, man. <laughs> that being said, grit is extremely limited, and one of the I, I, one of my major complaints is that the ability to regain grit quickly is limited to one archetype. Uh, and the thing is, is that archetype already has a whole bunch of bonuses. The lawman's quick draw and initiative bonus is ridiculous because initiative bonuses are very rare in fifth edition. Swashbuckler. Uh, Yes, swashbuckler, and there's a sort of warning in the Dungeon Master's Guide. I think and, there's a couple items too, but you know, yeah, but it's otherwise. Just, let's not forget that uh, fanning the hammer is actually not as overpowered as it sounds. It's hmm. a pretty reasonable ability. The problem is that the guns themselves are incredibly strong. All right, so Paul, I let you take the lead on this one. I actually haven't even read through the subclass. Uh, give me, well, give me. Uh, let's go through our our you know our patented, not stolen from anywhere else. Uh, three steps of ten out of uh, out of thirty. How do you feel about the mechanics? How how good are the mechanics? Like you say they're very strong, but are these mechanics overpowered or are they just poorly written mechanics? Uh, I think they're more powerful than they need to be. Okay. Uh, in particular, the problem is there's a huge disparity between the, uh, the archetypes. The uh, gun mage is almost useless thanks to the unfortunate way which its ability to convert spell slots into damages worded because it doesn't convert on level it converts on the number of spell slots you throw into it so if you throw in one level four spells the same as throwing in one level one spell yeah uh it needs revision it's a good concept and i like the abilities okay so i'd give it you know a six mechanically oh, so yeah. mechanically fun to play mechanically yes. enjoyable okay um how about fluff what do you think do you think this adds to like a character playing this can really add to the world Ah, uh, yeah, I would say very much so. That being said, I would not put it in my world, but that's because mostly I'm <laughs> using pre-pike and shot. Yeah, style keep things. your guns away from my, my setting, dragon bastards. Thing. My elf game. Uh, I'd give it a yeah seven or an eight as far as uh, flavor goes. I think it's very flavorful, and the abilities all seem like a thing a gunslinger would do. Okay, and last but not least, balance. Okay, yeah, I got to give this uh, a four, maybe a three. It's okay. not – there's some serious balance issues with the class, especially with how guns particularly work. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't want to rag on it because I understand it's tricky. But why on earth is controlled breathing a bonus action and why do you not have to spend anything for it to get advantage on your attacks? I can see what they were going for with that. but Breathing's a free action. Well, you know, well – 
the idea, you know, in shooting is, right, you know, you holding your breath and all that you. and stuff, you know, shooting in between the but breaths. Like, yeah. there's, but. This is an ability that you get at, like, third level, and there's a seventh level ability in another archetype that does that but costs your very rare resource points. Yeah. No, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, overall, though, so if I'm doing the math correctly, that means you give it a 18 out of 30. Yes. So – Needs some work. It needs some love. Um, I'm pretty sure, though, that if you want to put a gun slinging character in it, the I mean, the best part of it is, as we discussed, the fluff, the you know stuff to add to your setting in this is very good. We're gonna get the official download link out, and we'll post it for everybody here a little after the show ends. Yeah. But overall, yeah. So. You know, buyer beware, go in there, although it's free, but yeah. beware that if a player says they exactly want to play a gunslinger, it's going to be uh, – They're going to oh, – no, so that was very rude of me. But. <laughs> they're going to be very strong. They're, it's going to be very powerful, but with a little finagling and if you want to do some homebrew edits yourself – uh, I would adjust down the damage dice on the guns maybe one or two steps down as far as dice go. Okay. And that would probably be reasonable. Yeah. All right. So, guys, we got about three minutes of airtime to fill. Wow, we really, really already run out of stuff? Yeah, we actually ran out of stuff for once. Instead of having too much stuff, we actually oh, – just Lord. just the right amount of stuff. Uh, whew. Let's see that. Let's talk about alignment and how you should – Yeah, let's actually – let's, uh, let's come back to that. Yeah, yeah let's wrap up with uh, Punisher and alignment. So, again, uh, guys – how much mercy do you show your defeated enemies or do you just slaughter them all? Yeah, we've been having a lot of great interactions with yeah. the crowd today. So, when yeah, I, when anybody I still – When I played a goody two-shoes paladin, I would try and be merciful. But my party members would out of character be like, why are you being such a such a goody two-shoes? Why are you being such a baby? And I'm like, I'm playing my character. What's wrong with role-playing? Now, to play devil's advocate. Oh, the, the worst. The words. argument that I'm doing what my character would do has been used to justify really bad behavior. Yeah, yeah, it has. You need to understand that you're in a social contract with other people and you need to be having a good time with them rather than playing right. a role that frustrates people. Right. That being said, you are a paladin. You're supposed to offer mercy. Most people don't. Yeah. I was just also – everybody else in my party was also a little sketchier than I really thought they were going to play. So – no, that's always a very fun thing when you sit down at a table and I was like, Guys, we like all, all your friends, all your friends that you think are very good you. people, and then they just sit down at the table and they're like, "Cool, yes, blood." Yeah, we're gonna just do all of the Shout evilest out to things. Amanda, who was just like blood the other weeks when we had a fight. So yeah, pretty much. Love you. <laughs> murderous little lady. Lie down and make carnage angels in the blood snow. Yeah, pretty much. Like just right, but people how going do you, over the you top know, again. If that's a paladin who's supposed to be good, you know, in, in, a la Leoman, just. You know, murdering the peasants, burninating the countryside, yeah. well, demanding free drinks. Paladins don't actually lose their abilities anymore for disbehaving, which is good because mechanical well, no, if you ties to alignment oath, are cancer. So, so, well, so you can still break your oath and become an oath breaker for paladins. That's still a thing, but I mean, I've never really truly banked on that. I've had I've had to do that one time, and that's the Leoman story. That is the story of the paladin who realized that he had become a very powerful, influential man and threw out basically all of his ethics. And after about 10 weeks of him just being the worst person imaginable, I had to strip his powers. And then what proceeded after me stripping his powers was a three-hour actual argument between all the players and myself sitting in uh, Tim's living room. This went until about 5 in the morning of us just drinking whiskey and shouting about how this works. So, well, we're going to record that story, guys. Uh, we're going to upload that, that to our YouTube. Uh, we're running out of time this week. So if there's another show in here after us. Yeah. Podcast of trade. Hot stuff. You want to send us any of your builds, any of your stories uh, on morality, things like that. We'll talk about them. Uh, give us a like. Give us a share. Show us some love. We love you. Most Please definitely. We love you, too, dear viewer. And uh Yeah. We're going to upload all of our videos to YouTube this week. You can find our show on SoundCloud. And I think we're finally going to be on iTunes, guys. I think we finally, I think we finally uh, hit the threshold where iTunes and most podcast providers, except for Spotify, will accept us as real people. So if you like our content, go check it out there. You can definitely find us on SoundCloud Premium. Uh, and Podcast Detroit's website. Podcast Detroit. We've got a website launching soon. We've got a lot of stuff happening. 
pay attention. We're we're even going to start a Patreon soon so we can make money to finance this show on our own. Yeah. But last but not least, Watchtower Comics and Games. And yeah, one more big shout out to Watchtower Comics and Games. If you're out of state, if you're not in the southeastern Michigan area and can give them money. We got to go. Um If you're in the southeastern Michigan area and you are able to uh, go and buy stuff, that's amazing. But if you're not, you're out of state, go find them on Facebook. Give them a like. Um, give them a high recommendation or a review. Uh, just uh, help out help out our buddy Ethan who is kind enough to sponsor our show. Uh, it's, it's really just out of love. Yeah. So thanks for listening, everybody. Give us a like. Give us a share. We love you. I'm Jake. I'm, I'm Paul. Hella. Oh, sorry. You're Paul. You're Paul. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not Paul. Whatever. I'm no longer Fine. the disembodied voice. Right. This is Helen. I'll be back to the disembodied I'm Jake. voice in two weeks. They're everybody else. This yes. was three DMs. I'm many people. Everybody seems. roll well this week. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Descend slowly out of frame. Yeah. Run away. Oh man. Run away. <laughs> My stutter got me into trouble faster than I thought it would. That's okay. <laughs> At least you know it in your fucking mood. Save the coffee for the end. Just... I think my entire episode is screaming about what Pathfinder did to us and why we hate it. I'll watch that. Yep. <laughs> Premium content. Primo. <coughs> Premium content. So is the camera off then? Yep. Everything is mostly off, yeah. I mean, the screen is done. Off enough for the next people to use. Mm-hmm. No, actually, it shows not in here till 7. I don't know what day it was going for, but... It's, it's, it's whatever. Okay. There's only didn't want us running too far over. Woo! We did it again, gang. Did we? Yeah, we had upwards of 70 viewers at one point. Yep, 27,000 views. 27,000? 2700. 2700. 2700. Yeah, I was going to say, what? what? Not my, my uncle was watching. My my fun uncle, Rick, with the Pomeranians. He loves D&D and Lord of the Rings and bullshit. And I definitely saw we got a bunch of new likes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, this, I'm, I'm going to take a look at all that on the yeah. phone. But yeah, let's... Uh, we got a lot of... We'll go have a cigarette and then we'll load up. Audience interaction. I did that fine. Even when yeah. not drunk, I should have talked. I should have talked more than I did. So... Hmm. As long as I'm, I'm just happy you were able to feel comfortable and do that. Really yeah. It's and to so try and heal your body, even if sometimes water betrays you when you're over. Do you want your uh, charger then? Yes. I'm going to put it in my bag. Sorry, what was that? Yeah, that's what he was saying, but yeah, we were, we were done, though. Oh, shit, we're done early. So. Even my uncle is watching us on Facebook Live. He's also an old nerd, but you know.